the James Suckling Podcast. Wine ratings, reports, interviews and more. Hola. Hello, James. Hey, how are you? How are things in Argentina? Things in Argentina, uh, amazing. In terms of, uh, of climate, I mean, you have seen the move, the works, the style of wine, which are fresher, looking for uh, uh, earlier uh, ripeness, uh, less alcohol, uh, more elegant wine. Uh, you know, this kind of uh, drinkability or likability uh, where you, 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 uh, you undress uh, the over uh, ripeness, the over extraction and the over woody wines. And there are things that are really interesting popping up. And showing the plates, showing the type of grapes, and showing the plates. When, yes. You know, when everything is over extract, over whatever, it, it, even the everything. And on top of that, we have had very special years, uh, like 2020 pandemic. You know, it was a, a very early ripening year. Yeah. Warm, and we finished very early. You know, mid, particularly the 20th of March, we finished the harvest. I remind you that the best wine in Argentina, uh, five six years ago, we are harvest at uh, the end of April. Wow. Uh, then March, it was like, for us, we finished the 20th of March. And looking for a style which is a fresher style and more like uh, lively wines and so on. Uh, last year uh, <clears throat> was uh, slightly cooler, 21. Uh, very nice. But uh, again, we finished uh, before the end of March and uh, other winery, the 15. And this year, uh, we start to have a cool uh, spring. Uh, kind of wet early summer, but cool. And then it starts to become, you know, in January, we have peak of temperature, also February, uh, wet. And we start to have, uh, you know, mildew. Yeah. And, uh, and hongos and people really uh, worried. On the base wine, we had some, uh, some botrytis. Not that bad, but, you know, kind of worry if uh, the climate would have stayed the same uh, for the reds. And uh, finish... Starting the, um, I would say, the, the last week of February, it stopped raining and it become cool. We're coming wow. from a summer with heat wave, a little bit of heat wave, you know, January, Feb, and, 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 and wet to uh, cool and dry. End of February was cool and dry. March was cool and dry. It was gold mine, gold mine with a lot of thermic amplitude. And wow. barely see that in my in my life, you know, wines are dark, 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 because this ripening season, the most important, you know, is the last months, last month and a half. This ripening from Verizon to uh, uh, to the harvest was just cool, cool nights, uh, no excess temperature during the day, dry, mm-hmm. and um, relatively low yield. We have the lowest harvest in five years. Um, then well, we had a good level of concentration, but no harshness, you know, yeah. zesty concentration. Um, and we decided uh, to again harvest al dente because the fruit was so good and you had so much extraction, yeah. you know. You were <coughs> going to, to bury sample and, and the hands were dark. Uh, the second week of March, already a lot of phenols and anthocyanin. And um, in our case, we start to harvest early and we finished again for third year in a row before the end of March. I can tell you this is the opposite of uh, we finished early compared to other wineries. 
But there was a, a very, I, was not, I don't want to say amazing, but dramatic fact that happens. The 30th of March, we had a cold front coming from Patagonia, mm-hmm. which freeze at minus five, minus five. Oh uh, my many, God. Many vineyards, you know, Gualpajari, um, El Cepillo, uh, Altamira. You, I, I, I would send you and it lost the, And you lost the leaves, right? Yeah, but the first picture that I have, maybe Marcos will share, uh, is that you have the clusters, you have yeah. the leaves, and the leaves that are covered with ice. Yeah. The, the green leaf, never see that. And uh, two days after, everything was brown, and you would kick the plants, the vine, and the boom, 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 the berry would go down. Hervé, you know where that happens? It happens in Washington as well, the only other place. Well, well, and well. so that's... And, and they say you have to be careful because the leaves, they become very brittle and then they, and then they go into the grapes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And you cannot machine harvest because that's right. the trellis and it falls before machine. Ex- you know, the, yeah. The, no, it, it, um, it has been a hurry for many, many wineries. And um, in our case, we're happy because we finished that day. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, because and, you, um, you know... If you harvest after the frost, then it gives the wine a weird flavor. Yeah, he yeah. said like rose petals or something really odd. Yes. Isn't that interesting? You know what's cool is I was, th- well, first one thing, you say al dente, and I know, I'm pretty sure I know exactly what you're saying, but why don't you describe the al dente grapes? Like when the, it's when the, when it's just the perfect moment, when the, when the grapes just become ripe, right? It's just when they just become ripe. <clears throat> and uh, uh, you say, I've just, the, 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 the fresh fruits, you know, that fruit, I could wait one more week and have a, a deeper, more intense fruit, but I will lose uh, this uh, uh, zesty red character. I would lose some natural acidity. I would lose many things. You know, the, the kind of Michel Roland, Wait one one more week yeah. and it will be you know bigger and uh, we then it's just at that edge and we have also learned that um, we are self sufficient, uh, James. It's very seldom you know from reserva twenty bucks and above. We have uh, five hundred and fifty hectares. They are all under organic transition, by the way. All oh, of cool. We'll have the, <laughs> the second biggest vineyard in the world in organic uh, and. Um, uh, we divided it in this 220 percent because if you want to harvest early, James, if you want to harvest early, you have to have your plot homogeneous. Otherwise, you know, if you have heterogeneity, it's green there, it's a little riper. It has to be homogeneous. And we subdivided a lot of vineyards these last years to get sure that when we harvest al dente, you know, it is not green. We cannot afford that. And... Um, it complexifies a little bit the game, but uh, that together with precision irrigation, ne- next big thing, uh, James, in the world will be precision irrigation. I would love to speak about you, uh, with well, you about that. Uh, precision irrigation is really irrigating, not um, calculating the evapotranspiration, but mm-hmm. it's irrigating, measuring the, like the blood pressure of the vine, uh, this yeah. hydric pressure of the vine. And you only give the vine what it needs. And the vine is the greatest 
plantation for dry areas like the Mediterranean, uh, you know, front and so on. Why? Because it adapts, it has mechanism to adapt to the drought and to request less water when you don't give in enough. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it even improved the quality. And we, we, we are getting very, very special about that. I think I can tell you uh, uh, in the world, I think that today, uh, with Terrasas, we are the most advanced one. Uh, 15,000 samples of uh, hydric pressure per year, five agronomic engineers working full-time on 220 parcels. I mean, this is wow. precision that allows to have this early ripening of the skin that ripes together with the fresh fruit and still some natural acidity. And all our wines now are 14 uh, of alcohol or below. And they are absolutely not green. They are beautifully ripe. And there's no, and you generally don't have to acidify them. No, there's no acidification. Acidification now, it's really, you know, very seldom when you have, uh, uh, still, you know, um, the Compuertas Vineyard, uh, in some cases, but uh, in the Yuko Valley, forget no sugar, no acidification, no uh, additive. We're working part, uh, partially with uh, natural yeast. And I can okay. tell you, uh, we, we really uh, undressed a lot of our wine to, to make it pure. And because we have a terroir, which means that we have the right type of, type of grapes in the right place. And we were a little foolish to hide all that behind maybe too much, you know, to get impressive and so on. Well, now, as many others, I mean, in Argentina and in Mendoza, that's interesting, looking for that, that pure expression, courageous, courageous. I mean, we have to teach the consumer. We have, he's expecting a bold, sweet, sweet, sweet Malbec. He would have a nice Malbec, still sweet, still very healthy, but, you know, with tension, with freshness. Yeah started coming to Argentina <clears throat> we saw that we didn't really give good scores to wines like that and I think it's exciting that now you're really seeing um, such drinkability and do you see that everywhere in Argentina or in Mendoza or do you see it you know in higher elevation vineyards higher elevation because uh, if you want to uh, take all the makeup from your wine, you have to have a terroir. Because that's what appears at the end when you take all the excess and the, the winemaking techniques and, and the terroirs for Malbec, I can tell you, but also for Chardonnay, for Cabernet Franc, uh, for many types of grapes, uh, it's in the it's in elevation, 1,000 meters, 1,100 meters. It's a Yuko Valley and above. That's why uh, in the east part, you can do some wine, but they still request support from the wood and still request some acidification. And uh, it's, it's quite selective. Also, and you know, what's interesting is here in um, Napa, but in other places, this concept of precision viticulture, which includes finding the perfect day to pick when you get the al dente grapes. So your window, like when you say, for example, in Napa three weeks, that's over. It's more like five days, and yes, because yes, yes. otherwise, if otherwise, if you pick too late, you have to add water and acidify and do all those tricks. Uh, now it's about uh, you know the curve is like <clears throat> you have one week, one week and a half. You, here we play a little bit with the elevation, 
starting yeah. with the lowest elevation of the Yuko Valley and finishing at 650 meters. But it's like you say, I mean, it is tight and you have to have a lot of reaction in order to- Exactly. Also in talking to wine producers, you know, around the world, it, because of global warming, all these um, events, like you say, frost or whatever, mildew, botrytis, wind, fire, all these uh, climatic, or these um, bad events, you, you have to really react quickly and be precise, right? Yes. Exactly, and it obliges to, <clears throat> to get organized uh, because we have an harvest, machine harvest now, because the labor is, is a pain. And uh, yeah. there is a very bad lack of labor to, to pick. Then it's uh, good machines, but uh, you have to, to also uh, book it and uh, get ready to receive. <clears throat> now it's no more like two or three rotation of your tanks. You know, you fill it, empty, you fill it again. Sometimes it's only one. one because it's wow. now and not before and not after. And you have to... Um, extend your, your maceration capacity. You have to get prepared to um, the climatic change and to the style. Uh, we call it precision because I think it's, um, it, it's really when the grape is ready and connected to the wine we want to produce, which is about freshness. Does that mean, are you in, investing in vineyards like in Gualtarari and or, or all over now? Where are you? Looking more, you know, Gualtajari yeah, is our is our uh, um, garden because we, we we went the first to plant there before Catena. I can say Laura is saying a lot that she was the first, but in Gualtajari in '94 we were the first plant at 1230 meter, and we purchased the other property at sixteen hundred and fifty meter, which is I know, the, I've, the been, I've been there. You've been there, and okay. uh, we. We continue to plant. And you had a Chardonnay from there. Now, I assume this Pinot's from there. And also you have the single parcel. Yes, we, we, we are uh, very proud of that because it's limit uh, for the cultivation, for example, of, of Malbec. But, you know, just reaching the limit and the albente, uh, it's just beautiful and different. Then we, yeah. we did something very, very, very surprising. Uh, not surprising. It's this but one, we, right? It's the Espinillo. Um, the Espinillo. Espinillo. Yeah. And then, and what we did, it's, we are 1,200 meters in Chacayas because we, we, we first planted Gualtajari. So you're, after you're planted. higher than Paul. Then, then, then what we did uh, last, year, last year, in the middle of the crisis, I mean, it was a, but, okay, we could convince friends. We purchased two properties in, um, Los Chacayes, but the most interesting is the highest one. Thinking about climate change, you know, think, thinking about that yeah. in 20 years and so on, we purchased the, the, the highest plug against the mountain at 1,500 meters of altitude. It's, wow. There is nothing, and, and the soil is white. It's pure limestone. It's absolutely <clears throat> beautiful. We call it the Mirador, the Mirador yeah. of uh, Chacayes because it's all over everything. And there is another property which is at uh, 1,350 meters. It's above, uh, quite above Casa de Uco, uh, uh -huh. where we we have 90 hectares. Then we have 60 very high and 90, and we are going to start to plant next year. Uh, and I think it will be another 
expression of Malbec that is unknown yet in, uh, in Argentina because it's Chacayas super high. And you, are, you have this concentration of Chacayas, you know, this yeah. amazing explosion of food and spices. And now you will have the effect of freshness. It's, um, at 1500 meters, you are in the north of Burgundy in terms of Winkler. Um, then, yes, we, we, we continue and we think that uh, unfortunately, uh, climate change also, also will continue. And we are looking for land higher and higher. Selling, uh-huh. by the way, some land which are at lower elevation. Um, water is very scarce. Um, very interesting. Would you like to know the name of that vineyard? You are the first. Yeah, sure. <laughs> because of you and because the soil I is t- full of limestone. I told him. <laughs> yeah, but you, you said the name in two different words. But the name of that new vineyard is Mirador Albo. Albo, oh, Albo. Oh, okay. nice. Albo with B. Albo, Albo. Albo with B is coming from the Latin and means Albo, white. Okay. Yeah. It means white because it's full of calcare. We did 200 bits with uh, the Guillermo Corona from Geografia yeah. del Vino, the, this guy that is geophysic, and is full of old calcare. The river was there million of millions of years ago. Then that part of the El Chacalles move up from some earthquakes and the river never come back. So it's probably one of the oldest calcare soil in El Chacalles, totally white. Even the sandy on the top is white. Is it the same soil, soil as Gualtarari where you have, the, um, you have the stones with calcare around it or it's pure limestone? It's similar because the limestone but the stones are not round. Because uh-huh. are, they are colluvial, colluvial soil. Which yeah, see, alluvial. Yeah. They are, the stones are very close where they form. So they didn't roll from the river yeah. like Waltajari or um, Altamira. And it's not really, you know, the uh, carbon carbonate, uh, yeah, calcium right. carbonate around, the, around the, the, the stone. It is much more like uh, calcium carbonate uh, in the in in the herbs. You know, like yeah. if you see the rocks, the stones. The main difference with Waltajari or Altamira are the stones here are angular, not round. So, is the soil low and very low in pH? It's lower yes. in pH. Yes. Yeah. Not very low, but uh, yes. We, I don't know exactly. It will be it. similar in terms of pH. Will be similar than Waltajari. Okay. Well, wow, that's Malonati exciting. It will be 3.45, 3.5 after Malonati. It will be that but, for uh, Malbec. That, that's really interesting because um, I really like the wines from there, just from my limited experience. And I noticed you had it today. when I, I tasted the wines last night, and I was like, well, hold on. They have Chacayas. And the wine was fantastic. You, so you know um, what? For me, Chacayas is the most new, interesting nose for Malbec, because in the past, we didn't used to talk about spices yeah. in Malbec, but Chacalles has rosemary, uh, harija. I totally uh, agree. Sage, thyme. Thyme. And sometimes yeah. black pepper. Yeah. So is this, this is your first vintage of Chacalles, right? 
No, is a remember. No, that's the what's that? This thing? I can't see appellation. Yes, in a Appellation de origen is a wine that we produced for on trade specifically, and we started in domestic market, and all the three appellations are a great success in Argentina. And okay. So the parcel that I take, the block that I take the grapes for the appellation is the rest of the, num- the block number 12 that you have in the parcel series, plus block number 11 from the north part of the vineyard. Yeah, let me explain something. Um, our range is reserve, that you know, yeah. and we have appellation, then we yeah. have gram, then we have parcel. Yeah. And yes. um, appellation is uh, is really uh, available worldwide. It will be in the yeah. US also, and uh, for specific channel, you know, people that want to speak about a place which is an appellation. Yeah. Rather, and, and our reserva is beautiful because it is a blend of uh, all these vineyards that are amazing. But unfortunately, when you blend places, you know, you can blend. If you blend Saint-Emilion and Pomerol, you cannot put Saint-Emilion Pomerol on the label. Yeah, of course, it becomes Bordeaux. And yeah. uh, in our case, our reserva becomes Mendoza. And for the on-trade, they wanted something like more terroir specific on the label. And yeah. we did that. And, um, and, and the wine are just uh, super good uh, at that price point on top of that. Did you used to do more Mallow or not? Uh, yeah, partially. Partially. Some, yeah. I will explain the winemaking quickly. So 40% of these components from all Tupungato, Peral, and Gualtazari, 40%, we ferment in French oak barrels, four and fifth use barrels. And that 40%, we allow, after the fermentation and working with batonage, we allow the malolactic in that percentage. Yeah. The 60% the 60% that we don't barrel down, we keep in a stainless steel tank, is no malolactic. Okay. So I want I want to do something in the middle between Chablis and American Chardonnay. Yeah, I totally working, agree. I have been working many years with you know Paul Hoff, Paul Hobbs for yeah. five years with Carneros, Sonoma Coast. And yeah. I don't want to make a battery, a heavy mal a Chardonnay. So I want to do something in the middle. And there's no batonage, right? No, here's the, yes, we do batonage. Yeah, but, but not a lot. On a proportion. On yeah. a proportion. So let me explain a little bit yeah, the, no. the separation of the soils we do here and winemaking. So 80% is from Caicajen, right? Uh-huh. And it's the block that we have in the west, in the highest part and south, very next to Bember and Ambrosia. Okay. I know very well, Walter Jari, do you remember that I used to work with Doña Paula? Um, yeah, of course. Very, very deep work in terms of classifications of Walter Jari. So I'm I there, remember. we you have the Chardonnay. You gave a presentation. I gave you a presentation. So yeah. we have a very a long wave of calcare coming from uh, Fincaluvia and then Ambrosia and then Denver and then Caicajen. So in this soil, we have a lot of calcare. But this block, I, I do six separations. With, 
sometimes one week difference of ripeness. And then the other secret of this block is the canopy is planted west, east, not north, yeah. south. So the clusters are always on the chain, keeping the freshness and the aromatic profile, not oxidation of the clusters, less sun. It's really exciting the new things you're doing in Uco, uh, both with uh, Chardonnay and, and Malbec. Okay, mes amis. Listen, thanks so much. And, um, you know, we'll talk very soon. You said some really great things like al dente, thread the needle, some precision winemaking. And I think that that's a really good message for Argentina in general. I feel lucky, James. I feel lucky because I think like we are writing the first pages of the, the book of the history of high quality wines from Argentina yeah. with, with freedom, with no limit, uh, I would say, you know, thoughts. For many years, we have been making wines for, uh, you know, overripe, over extraction, over oak to show yeah. that we can. But now yeah. with freedom, we are showing the place. And we are writing the first pages of yeah. the high quality wines from Argentina. In a, in a, in a very fragile ecosystem. And you know, James, the first time, I think, since uh, human history, that there is a frost at the same time in the North Hemisphere and the South Hemisphere. We had the 30th of uh, June, a frost, as they oh had my in God. Never happened in the past, you know, our very early frost and the late spring frost. Wow. First time in the world that there is a superposition. This planet is going crazy. Yeah. Um, and we cope with that. I mean, it's, uh, it's just That's weird. scary. Okay, guys, I got to go. Great to see you. Thank you very Abrazos, much. Amigos. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.